Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome into another episode of NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing here on the Motor Racing Network. As always, Chris Wilner from our Concord Studios just north of Charlotte, North Carolina, where it is a hot and humid 91 degrees. So I think summer's officially hit here. Kyle Ricky up in Connecticut. Kyle, a couple weeks now off the spring sizzlers. So how are things looking up in your neck of the woods? Not 91 degrees. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. It is cloudy, wet, and maybe 60. Um, but kind of a weird weather pattern up here. I mean, one day it's nice and 70 degrees, uh, like we had on Sunday. And then 48 hours later, bring out the jackets and, you know, but it's all right. It's what the end of April, beginning of May. Uh, we usually get that this time of year. Yep. Be all right with it. And you've been busy up there too, getting ready for weekly racing. I know you had the wild thing carts doing their practice deal. Uh, you get, you ready to get the official start of the season. I know the spring sizzler is the really opening of the racetrack, but once we get the weekly series going, that's gotta be exciting for you guys too. Yeah. That's when the grind begins. Um, you know, obviously there's a lot of pressure in producing that event. Uh, the spring sizzler a couple of weeks ago, two days, lots of racing, lots of people. Uh, so it was nice that kind of, catch your breath because a lot led into that, but now it's, you know, that weekly grind. And as long as mother nature uh, allows, we'll be running, you know, every Friday night now through September. So um, here we go. And it's my favorite time of the year, you know, Monday night, you mentioned the carts. Uh, We had about 80 carts of practice a couple of days ago. Uh, They kick off this coming Monday night. So, you know, we kind of open the week with carts end the week with the modifieds and the late models on the big track. So, uh, Love it. And meanwhile, I was doing something completely different uh, up at Laguna Seca, checking out IMSA, getting to work with the team up at IMSA at at wonderful WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. If you've never been, oh my gosh, it's worth just going there and stepping foot right at the base of the corkscrew where it's a five and a half story drop, 10 stories total from turn eight to nine, the base of nine. It's absolutely insane. The weather was a little bit chilly, but it was beautiful and cool to see some drivers you don't normally get to see. Although Parker Chase, we talk about in the ARCA series, he's back running IMSA full time in the Michelin Pilot Challenge. So talk about a guy who's got to do the whole left turn thing and then go now left and right uh, with the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge series. So it's really cool to watch him in action as well as the rest of the group. So I had a lot of fun with that. Something I don't normally get to do a whole lot, but it's cool whenever I get the chance to do it. So. Uh, MRN covered, covered uh, IMSA for yeah. uh, a couple of years full-time. That is one track I didn't get to go to. Dan Hubbard, who lives out in California, uh, got to to call the turns out there for, for us, and uh, he loved every second of it, as would most people. Uh, but uh, an incredible facility. I've heard and seen so much about it from afar and would love to get there one day. Yeah, maybe you can come with me next year. We'll We'll do a little – 
coast to coast vacation. We'll go out to Laguna Seca and enjoy. But it's crazy. 18 degree incline up the side of a mountain to get to the racetrack. I mean, you feel like you're going to fall off the cliff uh, when you drive up there. Pretty cool stuff. But I tell you what else is also pretty cool. And also, it's also like going down a cliff is turn one into Dover. And that's what we had the Arc Menard Series East action here this weekend. The General Tire 125. Congratulations to Mr. Taylor Gray. The young star is really starting to make a name for himself. His first East win, but his second career ARCA win after winning that race in Phoenix. And uh, pretty cool, Kyle. Good story of a young driver making things happen for David Gillen Racing. And I think this is something we would have seen last year, if not for his road accident uh, that he had right at the start of uh, the year last year, last spring. Um, you know, I think he was the favorite to to win the ARCA East Championship a year ago. And then when he recovered and healed up and uh, he now becomes the favorite to win this year's title. And, and it, it's a close race, but I think he is somebody that we're going to be talking a lot about in, in the the long-term future great race on Friday to open up the weekend in Dover holding off uh, Jesse love at the finish Connor Jones up there in the top three as well. Uh, fairly clean race, which is good uh, for, for those teams that don't have the biggest budget in the world, not a whole lot of cautions and uh, but yeah, uh, Taylor on fire right now. Yeah. Especially after leaving Talladega, it's good to have clean race cars that uh, aren't yeah. having to be, hauled off to the junkyard uh, after this weekend for sure. And uh, also pretty cool, not only Connor Jones finishing, you know, on a podium spot, uh, his debut for Venturini, they had a few drivers making their debuts as well, and he did a good run for Venturini. But how about the new body style debut that Taylor Gray drove, that new Mustang? It's the new body style for ARCA this year. Pretty sleek-looking race car, and it's funny, you know, Sammy Smith won the first two events, and I think the article said after the race that all Taylor needed was just a brand-new-looking race car and fresh bullet, and he went out there and, and whooped him. So pretty cool to see him do that in a new car body. I haven't seen it up close yet. Uh, from what I was able to see on flow, it looks spectacular uh, and obviously looked really good out front for most of the race on, on Friday afternoon. So uh, look forward to hopefully seeing it here in the next couple of weeks uh, in person. Yeah, absolutely. So, and speaking of Sammy, finished in fifth, so good top five run, but again, the tight points battle, it's just down to two uh, with Sammy Smith at the top. So certainly Taylor Gray taking a good old chunk uh, bite out of it after taming the monster up there in Dover. Uh, Jesse Love, you know, we can't say it enough. The guy, a two-time West Series champion, now venturing off with the National Series as well as running select East races. Uh, he's a guy who's doing a lot to help his driving career. He's going to be in a micro once again at Millbridge, I think, this week. Uh, he was running it a couple times uh, earlier this year. A guy, you, you, you know, I visited with him, with him a little bit, and he said, I just want to do everything I can to make myself a better race car driver. You know, nothing just about running pavement, but just anything I can do to hone my skills. And I think it's paying off because he's running well at different racetracks than we're used to seeing him run at. And I feel like we're seeing more and more people do that. Yeah. Uh, I feel like you go into the pits at Millbridge on – Tuesday or mainly Wednesday nights, and you're getting these drivers from all different types of disciplines. Uh, ARCA, I feel like, you know, road racing, uh, road racing drivers, ARCA, NASCAR, um, off-roaders, and uh, they're there and they're finding su success and it's paying off when they get back to their their uh, their full-time gig on the weekends. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'll give you the report next week of who we had this week up at Millbridge because it's about to be another star-studded event for sure on the dirt. But uh, Raja Carruth also rounded out in the top five up in the fourth spot. He leads your National Arkham and Art Series points. Uh, another great story. Hope to have him on the show coming up in a couple weeks. Arca East, though, quick turnaround. They're at Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway coming up this week. We'll have a preview a little bit later on in the show. And then how about a little shout-out for Josh Berry, one of the short track guys we've had on the show numerous of times, including this year, uh, picked up his third career winning the Xfinity Series. So one for the short track guys at Dover, Kyle. Former NASCAR Advanced Auto Parts Weekly National Champion for, for Josh, a driver that has found so much success in late models down in the southeast and and it's so good to see him up front uh you know there are so many fans that that cheered for him to get this opportunity on the national level uh and dale jr heard uh very loudly those cheers were the last couple of years when he ran part-time uh he won uh last year he's won this year now several times uh in the last year or so and i think he's a championship favorite and it's fun to see him race his teammates, uh, Junior Motorsports running so well. A couple of more of those short track guys. Justin Allgaier was up there uh, duking it out on Saturday afternoon. But, uh, yeah, Josh Berry, uh, you know, we, we knew the potential, and now we're seeing the potential. Yeah, absolutely. So congratulations to Josh. Uh, moving on to some other news and notes from the weekend. Hickory Motor Speedway had a pair of twin features again uh, out at the the track up in Hickory, which is one of my favorite short tracks here in the area. Matthew Gold won race two of the twin features. 144th, Kyle, different winners since 1983 in the uh, Premier Series out at Hickory. That is a staggering number. If you look at the number of names of drivers that have come out of that racetrack starting their career, that's pretty cool. NASCAR names are made at Hickory every Saturday night. Uh, so, yeah, congratulations to Matt Gould, who, who had a good night. William Zawalich had a great night, finishing second in both races. Katie Hedinger uh, picking up the win in race number one. So the ladies have found some success out at Hickory this year. We talked to Annabeth uh, Barnes-Crum a couple of weeks ago. She had a tough night last week, uh, getting involved in an incident on the front stretch in race number one, and then a lap one incident in race number two over in turn number three that wiped out about half the field. So uh, a rough night for the late models, but uh, good for, for Katie Hedinger, who also got a top five in race number two as well. Uh, finishing in the fifth spot. Awesome stuff at Hickory. I know they're back racing this week. South Boston, pretty cool Kyle, to watch the must-see racing sprint cars. If you haven't seen them, folks, sprint cars, 410 sprint cars with wings on them, and they absolutely rip around South Boston. It was really cool to see, although a buddy of mine, Joe Liguori, had one of the hardest hits I've seen in a while out there in a sprint car. Luckily, he walked out to be okay, but that was a fun weekend. Did you get to watch it on Flow? And tell us about it. I did. Uh, great racing. Uh, I had several streams going both Friday and Saturday night because, yeah. uh, you know, Stafford was off this weekend and we really haven't kicked up the weekly scene up here in New England. So I I had, I don't know, four or five streams going at one point. It was crazy and a lot going on at South Boston. Bobby Santos, the third sweeping uh, the weekend, both Friday and Saturday in those sprint cars. I said a moment ago, they scare me. They get around there in a hurry, but they're fun to watch when everything goes right. And thankfully, everything went right. Uh, Lane Riggs, Jacob Borst, great late model fields uh, on Saturday night. They ran twin races. They were uh, they were the the victors on Saturday evening in those twin 75 lap events. They're back this uh, coming weekend. No, May 14th uh, for a 100 lap late model feature. But uh, when you talk about late model racing down in that part of the country, South Boston always has a great car count. It seems like more times than not, you know, you're one of your national championship contenders 
at the end of the year is competing at South Boston on a weekly basis. Yeah. And you mentioned Lane Riggs, you know, him and Peyton Sellers again, head to head. And that's yep. going to be, I think the battle for the national championship and Peyton's already been named to the SRX ride. He's got the clout behind him as a national championship uh, contender again, but I think Lane Riggs may have something for him this year. So we'll keep an eye on that battle uh, as it progresses this year. Carolina Perlate models, Mason Maggio won his second race of 2022. They've got Dillon Motor Speedway coming up in a couple weeks. Monadnock Speedway, one of the coolest tracks to say. That was fun for the tri track modified. Monadnock. Monadnock. Did I say it right? Monadnock. Okay. Well, that's your New England accent coming out, I think. Well, well. <laughs> Tomato, tomato. We know what it is. We know it produces great modified racing as we transition to modifieds. And Matt Hirschman, uh, right off his sizzler win, goes up there Who? and wins. What? Who? Who? Matt Hirschman? Have you heard of him? Big money. Yeah, big money. Big money. Gets it done again. I think $16,000. or 16000 was the purse again? I mean, where is this guy? Do you have to order uh open up like an offshore bank account to keep all his funds in? Because this is getting ridiculous, Kyle. Been a big couple of weeks for uh, for Matt winning the Sizzler at Stafford and then going to Monadnock or Monadnock on uh, Saturday and, and picking up the race win. Did a great job. It was a good race. Uh, they had, I think, 24 cars uh, take the green flag. Sam Ramo finished in second. Uh, in fact, it was a tough weekend for Sam because he finished second in, in that race, uh, the open modified race, and then in the sportsman modified race the next day but uh everyone's chasing big money right now and uh wherever he shows up whether it be down south in the smart tour or up in new england he uh he's the man to beat and you know everyone's still talking already about july 2nd srx you know we know what he can do in a modified but what can he do in a fendered car i think he'll be okay kyle but you're right i, I cannot i can't wait to see what he can do for sure so what a great weekend for the tri-track modifieds and then uh keeping with the modified tour we've got bowman gray and again we documented it with uh their opener with the hayes jewelers 200 what a great event that was now we shorten it and go twin 25 lap sprints which if you need any more reason to call it the madhouse here you go because it's just a sprint to the finish with 25 laps but jonathan brown took the first race over jason myers chris fleming and Randy Butner won the second race, and Kyle, probably one of the coolest last laps going from third to first like a champ. A living legend of Bowman Gray Stadium. has been racing there for 35 years in a modified. Uh, was buying his time in the third spot. Lap traffic became a factor. He got second. About five seconds later, the caution comes out. I don't think he would have got to the race leader at that point. Uh, but the caution helped him, uh, was able to take the race lead off turn two on the final lap. There was no bump and run. It was a clean pass off of turn number two. He had room to the inside and away he went to claim, uh, claim the win. So a uh, great night at the madhouse, but Tim Brown, we talked to him a couple weeks ago, started on the outside pole of, I believe it was race number one. And by the time they got to turn three, he was ninth. So when he said the outside lane, is junk, I believe was his word. Yeah. Uh, he he wasn't kidding uh, because, I mean, he that whole outside lane backed up and, and he wasn't even close by the time they they got to turn two, never mind, you know, down the back stretch and then to turn three, just trying to hang on to the top 10. But uh, in fact, Randy also lost a couple of spots in race two, restarted in the outside lane and lost, I don't know, two or three spots in the second race before he jammed his car into the bottom. So going to be an interesting season out there to see how that new pavement and that outside line develops as the summer wears on. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Tim would have 
you know, he's a quote machine, as we heard a couple weeks ago on the on, on our show. But I'm sure he would add some serious choice words about that racetrack for sure. But I think it's just going to be something. It's wear and tear. You know, you got to roll it in and get some you know rubber laid down and kind of get that track worked in after a fresh repave. So uh, we'll check back in in a couple weeks and kind of see what everybody thinks about it then or or later on this summer. Uh, a couple shout outs before we get to talk to Randy, uh, our big winner up at Bowman Gray, Jake Garcia's seventh career Show Me the Money series win at Montgomery. Kicking off their season, uh, big time season down there, and uh, he hasn't won the title down there yet, but he's got seven wins now, so maybe this is the opportunity for him. Casey Johnson, a two-time Arca Midwest Tour champion, uh, held off some of the best, including uh, Ty Majeski and Matt Kenseth in the uh, Joe Shear Classic, one of the big races out at Madison, and Augie Grill. We talked about modifieds, Mister Pensacola when it comes to modifieds, his sixth uh, modified a Mayhem Tour win. Uh, again, nearly 30, I think, or more than 30 at that racetrack amongst different series. So those are my little shout-outs for the week. Congratulations to all of our winners. On uh, that note, uh, one of, we talked about Sam Ramo finishing second in not one but two races. Todd Patnode will be my shout-out. Uh, getting the Sportsman Modified win up at the Monadnock Speedway on Sunday afternoon. Big weekend of racing for them. Clean weekend of racing. And uh, they'll be back in action this Saturday evening for the start of their uh, regular weekly program. Lots happened, lots still to come. But first, on the other side of the break, it's time to talk with our big winner out at Bowman Gray Stadium, Mr. Randy Butner. He's on the other side of the break, joining us live via Zoom. So don't go anywhere. NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Flow Racing. We'll be right back. You're watching NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing, the new home of NASCAR Roots. Catch the Wheel and Modified Tour, Arc Menard Series, Pinties, and NASCAR Weekly Tour Races all season long on flowracing.com. Subscribe today. Welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing. We talked about Bowman Gray Stadium just before the break. Well, we're going to talk to the winner of one of the two races we had here in week number two of the season. It is Mr. Randy Butner, the number five modified driver. Congratulations picking up that race win this weekend. You know, we talked to Tim Brown, what, last week, Kyle, and we mentioned that the new repave was going to throw a bunch of curveballs at everybody running the stadium this year. What's your overall assessment? Certainly, you took a liking to it. They're picking up the checkered flag this weekend. Uh, yeah, I think it's throwed all of us a curve. And before I forget it, thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, uh, we're all struggling. And some weeks, some people get a hold of it. And other weeks, other people get a hold of it. So I, I think it's going to make for an interesting season, especially for the fans. Walk us through the last couple laps. Uh, it was fun to watch here from home up in, in New England um, of, of race number two. You were in third coming to the white uh, lap car, got in the mix. You took the second spot. The caution comes out, and then there's a one-lap shootout. A lot happened in a short amount of time. Kind of bring us through it from your seat. Well, it does, but, you know, that's just typical Bowman Gray racing. Uh, you never know how it's going to turn out. It, uh, it's, it's just one surprise after another. You know, uh, everyone's trying to scramble and get that win and get the position. So it's uh, every man for himself. And and we were uh, we were struggling a little bit. The car not quite where it needs to be. We're still working on it, and we hope to get it uh, better here in the in the future. But uh, we come out on top this time. We, uh, you know, it was tight. It, it was bumper to bumper, wheel to wheel. Uh, I think the 78 car slipped a little bit in the corner and allowed me to get the nose under him. Uh, the lap car did play a, a part in it. Uh, lap traffic over there is, is an issue because the track is so small and narrow. And basically our outside groove has not come in as of yet. So it's uh, it's kind of tedious to get around lap cars and, and, and race right now. 
And you obviously had to set yourself up having just run race number one. So how difficult is that when we have back-to-back features at a track like Bowman Gray that, you know, one little misstep in one race, you could have to, you know, thrash on your car to fix it up or whatever, but, you know, to keep it clean, to give yourself an opportunity to win race number two, just how hard is that from a driver and a team standpoint? Well, it's a double-edged sword. You got to uh, take care of your car in the first race, but I look at it as a, has an advantage because you, you get to see what you have in the first race uh, stacked up against your competitors and then make adjustments and try to be a little better in the second race. Of course, they're doing the same thing also, but uh, I think it, it gives us a chance to actually shake down and see where we're at and then make adjustments. You've been racing at Bowman Gray since 1987, obviously the veteran uh, out there every Every Saturday night, uh, what is it about that place that you love so much? Wow. How much time do you have? It's, it's, a it's, the, people. <laughs> it's the people, uh, the fans. I mean, uh, you won't find any more passionate fans anywhere in the country than Bowman Gray Stadium. Uh, the, the people that run the track, they are really got the, the racer and the fans' best interest in heart. And um, I don't know. It's just a neat place to, to race, and, and it's close to home. Uh, it's got a lot of history, you know, uh, if you're big with NASCAR history, which I am, uh, the place is, is just basically a historical monument and it's, it's just a fun place to race. And, uh, you know, everyone's like family. We, we may quarrel and fight amongst ourselves, but at the end of the night, we're all family. Take us back. I know you have experience in many different series, you know, going back in the eighties, running the NASCAR, you know, Bush series, but then what drew you to modified racing? What is it about it? The ground pounders as we call them that really got you excited. And obviously you've been very successful since then. Well, honestly, I didn't set out to, to race modifieds. I, uh, uh, when I run the Bush grand national car, they were bringing in the V six engine and a lot of the, the changes in the rules obsoleted the equipment that I had. So, uh, I really couldn't continue at that level uh, with the money that was being spent in that level at that time. So we moved to the, the modifieds and sort of found a home 35 years later, we're still there. Uh, also I have a, a drag race car since the stadium uh, uh, season is so uh, short. Uh, I played with my drag race car before and after the, the stadium season and I uh, run a speedway with a modified for another gentleman on Friday night. So I stayed pretty busy with it. Busy indeed. You mentioned uh, you've been going to the stadium since uh, the 80s as a regular. Um, we talk every week, 15,000, 16,000, 17,000 people pack that place. Has it always been like that? I think the stadium back in, in 2010 when the Madhouse show really got that first big boost of, of notoriety nationwide uh, when we really first started to see it on, on a bigger scale. Before that, were there still 15,000, 20,000 people there every week? You know, there were on the big races, and uh, these were basically local people that were dedicated. You've had people going to Bowman Gray Stadium that's been going over there for 40 years, and and they went with their parents, and, uh, you know, now they're growing up and taking their kids. And it's, uh, you know, the, the Madhouse series did bring more people to it because it became nationally known then instead of just a, a local track. But you have enough local people that loves Bowman Gray Stadium that comes to support it and cheer on their favorite driver. And going along with that growth too, I mean, this year, Bowman Gray, one of the dozens and dozens and dozens of tracks that keep getting added to the flow racing lineup of, you know, being able to broadcast races every single week. How big is that for you guys as drivers to have that exposure? It's not, it's no more just these big events at Bowman Gray, but now it's every week you're on a national platform. 
You know, that is right. Uh, I've had people call me this week that I haven't talked to in years that live out of state that were not at the races, but they watched it on Flow Racing. So they uh, they called to congratulate me. And uh, they also said how good the coverage was on Flow and that they really appreciated that, that they can watch Bowman Gray from another state now. So it's really good. Yeah, Matt Delner and uh, Jacqueline Drake did, did a great job on Saturday night. They'll be back out there, I believe, this week. Kevin Powell, 100. Uh, what do you, what type of events do you like, Randy? Uh, we had twin 25s. We had a 200 lapper to start the race a couple of weeks or start the season a couple of weeks ago, 100 laps this week. Do you have one preference over another as far as the, the, the way the night looks, whether it be twin features or a long event? Well, I don't, you know, uh, when I come from the Bush series, we were used to running long distance races. So I was more suited to that, but then, uh, I learned to appreciate the, the short sprint 25 lappers. So it's, it's like 25 qualifying laps and, uh, really it breaks up the monotony. If you had all long races or all short races, it, you know, it would, it would get kind of monotonous, but now we, we have a little something different every week and the fans enjoy that too, that they're not seeing the same thing week in, week out like this weekend, it'll be the, uh, full field draw. So, uh, you may qualify on the pole and draw 22nd. So, you know, it, it, it really adds a lot of suspense to the racing over there. I think the fans love it. They love the cone restarts. So it's a, it's a, it's a neat event. It really is. Oh, I tell you what, that invert just oh sends shivers down my spine as a driver because you never know what's going to happen. Like you said, I can't imagine drawing a 27 after qualifying on the pole. Uh, we talk you know, to many drivers on this show, grassroots racing. They all come from different backgrounds. But how special is it for you to share with your brother Marty and, and co-owning Butner Racing and, and kind of getting that off the ground and sharing it between the two of you and the success that you've had? You know, that is special. It's, it's made it kind of a family affair. Uh, Marty's sons and my son helps, you know, on the t- uh, team. And it, it's like a family deal. Uh, Marty and I have raced together for 40 years now. He used to drive himself and uh, he ended up being my crew chief and my spotter. And uh, I couldn't ask for a better spotter. He is fantastic. But it, it's kind of like a family affair. And uh, my wife, she puts in a lot of help with the, with the race team, too. But just everybody pitches in and does their part. So it's, it's really neat. And, and it's good that you get to spend time with family doing something you love. My final question for you, and you touched on it in Victory Lane, about uh, the car not being up to snuff uh, lately. And you touched on it a little bit ago. Does this give you a little bit more confidence, the win, uh, going forward, getting back into the stadium this Saturday? Well, it does as a driver, but I also know that the car is not quite where it needs to be. The The shock combination has changed drastically because of the repaving of the track. Uh, some of them have hit it. Somebody, And we knew that. We knew somebody was going to figure it out early and be really strong. And I'm still searching for the right shock combination. Hopefully, we'll be a little better this week. So, uh, you know, it's the same for everybody. So it's, a, it's a hard track to get around. It's a little rough. Same track for everybody. Finally, you touched on it a little bit, but your love for drag racing and kind of getting to do that on the off times that you're not at Bowman Gray or out at Ace. How much fun are you having with that? Because that is like, talk about two different worlds between Bowman Gray and and a drag race. I mean, what, what correlates and just what's it like for you to kind of hop in and out of both and, and just challenge yourself that way? One of them takes an intense amount of concentration for a brief period of time. The other one takes a, a fair amount of concentration for a long period of time. So uh, it is a different type deal. Uh, I like, I enjoy doing both when I was younger and my knees weren't so bad. I used to motocross. Uh, so, you know, I've raced on two wheels also. If I could just find somebody that had an offshore power boat that let me drive, I'd, I'd try that too. <laughs> so basically give you anything with a motor and we'll see what happens, right? 
that's that's it. Race anything we can. That's awesome. Well, congratulations again on the big win this weekend. Looking forward to much more success as we roll through the uh, Bowman Gray season. And uh, enjoy the rest of your week here this week. I, I will, and I really appreciate y'all having me. And uh, I got a goal. I want to be the, the oldest winner at Bowman Gray Stadium. So I'm 62 now. I've got a little ways to go. I'm not sure who holds that record now. Uh, maybe Junior Miller or uh, Robert Jeffries or somebody like that. But uh, I'm looking to be the oldest winner at Bowman Gray Stadium in the modified division. So I got a few years to go yet. That's all right. But you're you're not slowing down, though, at all. So we'll keep racking up the wins and see what happens here over the next several years. <laughs> well, I hope so. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for joining us again. That's Randy Butner, the driver of the number five modified, picked up race number two win over the weekend at Bowman Gray Stadium. We'll be right back on NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing. You're watching NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing, the new home of NASCAR Roots. Catch the Wheel and Modified Tour, Arc Menard Series, Pinties, and NASCAR Weekly Tour Races all season long on flowracing.com. Subscribe today. Well, welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing. Kyle, Ricky, Chris Wonder. We just joined with Randy Butner, your big winner, race number two out at Bowman Gray Stadium. And I think you heard just how much fun he's having, but also... Uh, just how difficult it is to get wins now for a guy who's been around since really, what, 1987 racing at Bowman Gray. He, he cherishes these wins, and and certainly it was fun to see him get back to victory lane here uh, for the first time this year. Well, I mean, the competition there is strong and has been for you know forever, but especially in the last uh, decade to 15 years with with the Myers boys, Bert and Jason and, and Tim Brown, and, you know, forever you had Junior Miller in there. So uh, competition is, is stacked there at the stadium. Um, but, you know, we've talked about it a couple of times during the interview and at the beginning of the show, the new pavement has added a whole different element uh, to the racing there on Saturday night. So it'll be interesting to see how the drivers handle it now in a in a 100 lap event uh, this coming Saturday with the Kevin Powell Motorsports 100 we saw the 200 lapper to open the season two I mean, call them heat races compared to, <laughs> yeah, to the first week of racing uh, Two 25 lap features on, on Saturday night this past week, and then a hundred lapper this coming Saturday night. So uh, a lot of different things thrown at these drivers, but uh, they'll handle it well. And they're going to do it in front of probably another full house of 15,000 or so people. Oh, absolutely. And if you can't make it out there, definitely Flow Racing is the place to be to check yep. out the 100 lapper coming up this weekend. All right. Also coming up this weekend on the calendar, Arca East. Quick turnaround, like we mentioned in the top of the show. They've got the Music City 200 out at the Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway, one of the coolest short tracks in the country. A little bit late start, though, for those of you on the East Coast, 930. So drink that extra cup of coffee. Uh, coming up on Saturday. Flow Racing's the place to be, but Sammy Smith, your defending winner, but I think like we mentioned, Kyle, this season he's got a challenge, and it's Taylor Gray as well as a host of others that can make some noise uh, at Nashville this weekend. Yeah, point leader by two. Uh, Taylor Gray really ate into that lead a week ago, and now he has momentum on his side, and I've talked about it this year a few times. I believe in momentum and uh, positive momentum coming off the win at Dover last friday so it'll be interesting to see what uh, taylor can do at the nashville fairgrounds speedway uh this saturday night uh hopefully they get a a good field of cars because that track puts on a good show every time uh this series takes to it uh, we hadn't seen it much for a while and it's nice to see the series back at nashville uh i believe a year ago and and again here in 2022 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, with that break in 2020, though, some of the winners like Christian Eckes, Zane Smith, obviously both in the Camping World Truck Series right now. So if you can win at Nashville, you're you're doing something with your career. So certainly those drivers are going to want to get it done here on Saturday night. Also, when we talk about late models, North-South uh, Super Late Model Challenge at Nashville. So that adds a triple header to that weekend, which... Man, if you have no plans, get to Nashville because you're going to see some awesome racing between ARCA and obviously the Super Late Models and Pro Late Models. The Super Late Models, it pins the Southern Super Series versus ARCA CRA. And Kyle, that's like a rivalry that's really grown the last several years. And it's going to be fun because there's a bunch of big names uh, signed in to do that race. I think I saw 30, 35 uh, already on the entry list. So yeah, you know, and and all the big guns are there. Uh, All the names that are trying to get that last second fan vote for uh for srx uh we're gonna be there i believe voting closes on saturday right in the heart of the weekend so um we'll know by the end of the weekend who the uh the the local star will be for that srx event uh, before all the racing is said and done but yeah a uh, a full weekend of racing all they need now is a a concert in in the middle of the infield Perfect. to to kind of break up the racing a bit you know, when, and you're at the country one, music capital of the world here, so I mean, somebody's got to be free. What I'm thinking. Hey, but call, yeah, up, call up your weekend. girl Cassidy Pope. Maybe she can come on down and do a concert. I like how you think. I know, I know. William Byron is on the entry list, though, folks. So we've got some big names, and he's already won in a late model this year. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what Willie B can do. One of the hottest drivers right now in the Cup Series with two wins, trying to add it uh, on the short track level. So once again, that race is going to be Saturday as well, joined up with ARCA. So a full day of racing, and you can catch all that on uh, Flow Racing. Uh, Cars Tour, late model stocks. The super late models have are off until June, uh, but the late model stocks are at Ace Speedway out in North Carolina on Friday. And then we have the past late models. They were a part of the Spring Sizzler weekend. They're all the way out at Oxford Plains. I've never been there, but it's a beautiful facility. Uh, looks like it should be a fun weekend for the past series. And hopefully Derek Griffith is back after that massive hit a couple of weeks ago at the New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Yeah. The car went upside down in turn number one. Had to miss the race at Stafford uh, two weeks ago because of that incident. So hopefully uh, he's back and good to go up at uh really one of the homes of that series uh, up in northern New England and in Oxford, Maine. So going to be another another great event up there in in northern New England. Hopefully the weather cooperates with them up there because I know uh, it's it's pretty chilly or was pretty chilly up at that part of the country uh, just a couple of days ago with temperatures barely reaching into the 50s. So hopefully it improves here in the next couple of days. Yeah, I'll try to send the uh, heat wave here in North Carolina up the coast a little bit and get you guys a little bit a little bit more toasty here because it is, I mean, it is May. So you guys better, I mean, it's got to start getting warm at some point. So hopefully sooner rather than later. So uh, it should be a good weekend. Like Kyle mentioned, Modified's limited late models are there as well. That's on Racing America. And then you have just an absolute boatload of local racing. If I miss your racetrack, I'm sorry. But at least the ones on Flow that you can watch, they're in abundance. And you have Stafford Weekly Racing, Autodrome Granby. You've got Berlin who had another rain out. They can't catch a break, Kyle. No, that's uh, I think Jeff Striegel, who who helps manage that facility and, and is one of our anchors here in the yeah. Motor Racing Network, said Mother Nature 2, Berlin 1. Uh, they have had a tough year um, battling Mother Nature, but yeah, hopefully they're back this uh, this Saturday night. Uh, always tough when you have multiple rainouts in the first month of the season to, to try to, to get a rhythm and to get you know, fans engaged and you know, hopefully they can begin that process or, or restart that process again this week. Yeah, absolutely. And they were 
quickly, you know, Mother Nature may dampen race plans, but they're off doing renovations work too as well. So they're beefing up that yep. Berlin Raceway as well. Also this weekend, the uh, NASCAR season opener at Jennerstown. We're going to have the modifieds there uh, in a couple months' time, but we've got the uh, NASCAR Weekly Series at Jennerstown opening day at Riverhead as well on Long Island. That's a staple for those of you up in that part of the country. They're back in action. Then we mentioned Hickory, Langley, East Alabama Spring Nationals, Florence, it's all on Flow Racing. Just literally go up on there, fire up every screen in the house, and just pick which race you want to watch. It's awesome. Yeah, and, and, and I think on my laptop last week, I had multiple screens. Uh, you know, there's just not enough screens for all the content that you can watch. And, and it's amazing. I was sitting there thinking how far we have come just in the last couple of years, uh, you know, from from trying to go onto the Internet to find – results or and you you probably don't remember checking the paper to to get i've done that once or twice yeah yeah but it's been a while (laughs) yeah um and and now you can you can you know all of these tracks are at your fingertips uh whenever whenever they open the gates and put cars on the speedway uh you can tune in i know thunder road had a big program this past sunday uh that that i was able to watch uh they opened their season up in vermont um so I mean, the content's endless, and it's you know it's good for everybody. I think. Absolutely. Well, before we wrap things up, do you want to remind you that voting is open for the Advance My Track initiative presented by Advance Auto Parts, awarding your local NASCAR sanctioned track of up to worth a big what twenty five thousand dollars. I think that's it. Yeah, twenty five thousand dollars. A lot of money winner. that can go a long way. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, so go vote for your track. There's twenty one of them eligible from all across the country. Advance My Track. Dot com. Make sure you go vote. I think that voting ends in about a week or two. They're going to end it uh, mid-May. So get on the horn if you haven't and uh, go support your local track. It's cool to see all these local racers, too, providing videos to kind of beg for your support. Kind of almost like campaigning for class president, but they're campaigning for their home track. It's pretty fun to watch. And it's, it's fun to see uh, NASCAR split the videos up into different regions of the country and just to see how each track uh formats their video and and all the the fun fan clips that most of them show you know it's it, it's truly you know we talk about the short tracks you know it's kind of where the families come together every friday night saturday night thursday night in thunder roads case um and, and it's fun to see a lot of those shots of family in the grandstands enjoying short track racing across the country and and that's how these racetracks are hoping to to get your vote and, and to get that money that they can further invest into their facility well kyle enjoy the weekend of racing at stafford obviously we mentioned all the action on flow whether it's stafford or the hundreds of other racetracks that are on their uh, streaming service go enjoy it this weekend if you're a nascar fan which we would think you are if you're tuning into the show don't forget motor racing network's live coverage triple header this weekend at darlington's the throwback weekend so excited to see who does what with their throwback paint schemes this weekend truck series dead on tools 200 is friday night 7 p.m airtime for motor racing network mahindra rocks are 200 for the xfinity series is going to be a one o'clock airtime on mrn and then obviously on sunday it is the goodyear 400 nascar live on the air at 2.30. So, lots going on, Kyle. Enjoy your weekend, and uh, I'll have to check out what Stafford's doing this week on the old Flow Racing this weekend, because I've got a weekend off, believe it or not. Well, why don't you come on up? The point of a weekend off is to stay home. Okay. But I will be there in spirit, and I will have it on Flow, and I will text you the entire day. (laughs) Perfect. That's exactly what I need in the middle of a show, is 
I bet. Text messages from Chris Weldon. You did it to me during the Chili Bowl and the shootout, so it's right back at you this weekend. I did and will continue to, yes. Looking forward to it. All right, well, we've taken up everybody's time a little bit too long here. For Kyle Ricky, I'm Chris Willner. Thanks for tuning in once again to the Motor Racing Network's coverage of NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Flow Racing. We will see you next week. If you enjoyed this episode of NASCAR Coast to Coast, be sure to subscribe to Flow Racing, the new home of NASCAR Roots, where you can catch the Wheel and Modified Tour, the Arc Menard Series, Pinties, and NASCAR Weekly Tour Races all season long on flowracing.com. Subscribe today.